Welcome everyone to the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and for today's episode, I snared a man who knows more about local government than you can shake a stick at, John Rawlings from County Council Network. Now, if there's a lesson in how to do more with less, then those in local government have mastered it. So I wanted to chat with John to find out how technology is helping authorities to enable their citizens to live their best lives. So, grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Coffee. How do you have it? Strong and black. Uh, just a bit of uh, straight black, strong coffee. As you're waving your cup around in front of me, and yeah. making me jealous. Um, Netflix or Amazon? Amazon, I'm a bit of a movie buff, and since they've updated Prime, you've got movies from literally, it's my dream ever since I was a teenager that I can access like old Betty Davis films and, you know, stuff like that from the 30s and 40s. So that's that's for me, definitely. Your favourite favorite at the moment, a favourite film at the moment? Uh, my all-time favourite film is now Voyager with Betty Davis from 1942. Classic weepy, absolute brilliant film. <laughs> sweet or savoury? Definitely a sweet tooth. Now, where does innovation come from, technology or people? People. It has yes. to be people. In your sort of line of work, technology is, technology is quite important, but what are the biggest challenges for councils in delivering social care today? There are a number of well-publicised challenges that, that local authorities face in delivering social care. I think... Obviously, there is a, there's a financial component to this. We're hopefully, you know, making great strides with the, the government's plans at the moment to actually, you know, with the health and social care levy, hopefully going to bring in some new funding. But I don't think we should underestimate the challenge that we have ahead. And that's particularly pertinent for the county councils that, uh, that we represent, because the demographics within county councils are significantly older uh, than other uh, more metropolitan parts of the country. So we're aware of the fact that, that in terms of older people's care, we are going to have over the next sort of 5, 10, 20 years increasing numbers of people who are going to be requiring at least some levels of, of social care. And I mean, there's a, there's a real positive story around all of this is the fact oh, that you know, we have actually got uh you know sort of more people living longer and many people <laughs> living longer with with a much better quality of life but what it does mean is that we do need to rethink how we're actually delivering levels of social care to people in a way that perhaps wouldn't have been as pertinent even sort of two three decades ago and certainly going forward we need to work out more ways that we can incorporate that into people's lives because i think people have also become more sophisticated yeah. uh, people have become more uh you know sort of attuned to a level of living their own independent lives as individuals mm. than, than perhaps people might have done, you know, sort of several decades ago. And so we want to make sure within local authorities that we are able to ensure that people are, as far as possible, able to live their best lives within their own homes, with their families. And, you know, technology, I think, has an increasingly important part to play in this going forward. That's, that, that is a great message, enabling people to live their own lives as independently as they want to within their own house, households. And where does technology fit within those sort of challenges? So if you you talked there originally about the funding problems at the moment, but if they were given as much money as they needed to to deliver the services, where would technology fit? Bigger investments, better investments? Well, I think that's definitely where we would be looking to to tech companies like HSO and others to actually really help us not only see what 
possibilities now exist, but also to think about the things that nobody has actually come up with yet. But I mean, some some simple examples might be, you know, I know one of our members, we, we published a paper last year about this topic, looking at how we can actually enable more technology within care. And it can just be some really simple things. So, so particularly now that more and more people are digitally aware, being able to give, say, somebody who's got multiple sclerosis access to an iPad that's attuned to actually turn on the lights and, you know, adjust yeah. things can make a big difference just because it will allow a carer or a partner to be able to pop out to the shops for an hour and know that their, their partner is, is actually not going to be completely stranded or alone, uh, you know what I mean, and able to actually take care of themselves. And people were very much attuned to using that. So that's a very simple example yeah. where a, a nice, easy app can actually make a big, big difference to actually the quality of, of a, a person who needs care, but also the carer who's actually helping them and can make it, you know, sort of a, a more informal process rather than needing to send somebody round from the council as a care worker to actually provide that respite care. So that's simple. But at a deeper level, yep. it's also not just about the systems that, that go in and are directly used by carers. It's also about being able to actually apply those systems to the professional side of the of the workforce. And I mean, some of the things that are increasingly being developed, things like smart socks, which yep. will enable you to have a better idea back at uh, you know the council headquarters of, of whether or not somebody may be developing some sort of condition and you can monitor that data or indeed fall sensors. Uh, we know that one of the, the principal cliff edges that people who are in the social care system can often face is that things can be precipitated by a common fall uh, within the house and that can lead to a hospital stay and then need to respite and often that can lead to quite a transformation uh, in the later stages of life. Now if we've actually got things in place that can identify when somebody's fallen we can get carers out there quickly we can actually be able to to address that and I think it also it gives the the user themselves a, a degree of security that they know they can go around their lives within the house knowing that they're connected it's particularly important as well you must um, understand for county areas we have large geographies we have a lot of rural communities uh, you know remote coastal areas etc that can make delivery of social care much more difficult to actually coordinate and particularly it can also make it more expensive as well to deliver carers out there because you're having to travel much greater geographical distances so technology from our point of view also enables us to be able to connect with our service users in a far more ongoing fashion than we're able to at present that's what I was going to ask you then. So how technology helps connect those rural communities, the people that perhaps aren't as connect, well connected to central hubs as others? I think that the revolution that we've been seeing, particularly through the COVID era, uh, you know what I mean, is certainly meaning that more and more people are actually beginning to understand how distance can be lessened in so many ways. For social care, I think a lot of the time that social care is one of those things where it is not necessarily always needed at the same time it can be quite responsive and actually it's expensive it's difficult and it's not possible for us to be able to have a care worker sitting on hand in somebody's house all the time for that fraction of the time that they may potentially need it 
if you've actually got the technology enabled, then it makes it much easier for the service user in the council to be able to connect at the points that that care is specifically needed. But there are also challenges within county areas in terms of making sure that we have the infrastructure that enables digitally smart devices to be able to operate effectively. And that's something that the, the county council's network has been pushing hard on over, over several years now in terms of making sure that levelling up doesn't just include, you know, sort of crude dynamics like north-south, but actually also looks at the differences that, that may exist between different communities, such as rural and urban, and actually addressing things like, like broadband coverage. The accessibility of data, which I think you mentioned there at one point, um, is very important in using applications to understand and respond to people's needs better, as you say, without having people, somebody there on site all the time. The ability to capture that data, manage the data, monitor the data, and then do something because of what the data is telling you is very important, isn't it? Absolutely. And I, I think we're all aware that we're on the, the sort of the edge of an absolutely almighty revolution in what data is going to actually be able to do for us. Now, I mean, we're not necessarily going to be talking from a local authority level about the really, really big national or global data that, that makes it. That data, once it's accumulated, can, can make a massive difference. And I yeah. think we are already beginning to understand some of the potential that this may have in terms of the predictive nature that the big data can pull out but i think we're also alert to the fact that there are probably possibilities we haven't scratched the surface of yet but we need to have the investment to be able to actually start putting it in place for adult social care so that we can really understand sort of how we can actually use this most effectively to help yeah. our residents right. and citizens to live their best lives how uh, how important is collaboration between uh, councils then so at the moment would you say that they're quite siloed for example if somebody's using technology in a particular way to advance social care would they then open that information out and share it with other councils are they good at doing that I think absolutely um, the experience that we have, it's the same as anything in a, a sort of a, a market-based system that essentially if somebody's doing something well, then probably somebody else is going to copy them and actually make sure they're doing it well. So to that that extent, I think local authorities are very much driven by collaboration, particularly at an officer level. I think where some of the challenges may come in, some of the, the silo nature that you're, you're picking up, comes from the fact that it's the dynamic that always exists in terms of how you actually put forward governance. And one of the reasons we have local government is precisely because we're aware that the area that I live in, Greenwich, uh, you know, sort of a suburb, in London is going to have very different needs to say uh, Bradford a city in north compared to you know perhaps the needs of Gloucestershire so the reason that we put local government in is precisely to make sure that that services respond to the particular needs and so having different local authorities is great because it allows you to tailor your services accordingly but the crucial aspect that we need to make sure is happening is that we're working with technology providers to ensure the systems effectively talk across um, each other so that when one service user in a particular local authority is actually sort of needing some services from another local authority for whatever reason and you know cross boundaries that data can easily be shared between systems that may be different between say a Brent in London and a Hampshire. So that, that sharing of data and, and that's come up a lot as well is very important and it's not just the sharing of the data it's also the applications and the tools that they're using to gather the data for example and I know what you're saying about the different councils have different needs but a lot of the, the time the same application or the same systems that have been developed to service a particular lead could in fact be replicated 
in some way, shape, or form with a few tweaks and be used somewhere else to service a slightly different need, but using the same, roughly same sort of system. I mean, I think I think that is probably a challenge. I mean, there's there's two. This is it's a dual problem, isn't it? Because you know, at the one level, there's a philosophical level about you know sort of issues around data sharing that exist yeah. at a high level in terms of of privacy and and how people have their their data used. And I think that is something for national governments. We have data protocols in place. They need to be properly communicated and developed. But then. There's the technical level that we're talking about and the app making sure that things operate on the ground. And one of the yeah. challenges that we do have is if you've got an awful lot of different systems, what you don't need is you don't need barriers being created to yeah. those systems being able to talk to each other. And I think, you know, what we're really keen to do is to do more work with various partners that may be supplying systems in, uh, you know, to actually make sure that those systems are able to work together and able to share data together effectively. Because it's not to say, you know, it would not be right to actually dictate and say that every local authority needs to use exactly the same system. Agreed. You yeah. might as well just have a, a national a national system. <laughs> and no one wants that. There are very, you know, like the discussion that we talked about earlier in terms of, you know, say iPads for for somebody with MS, you know, that may be appropriate in one area. It may not actually be, you know, giving an iPad to a group of people with Alzheimer's is not necessarily going to be the same effectiveness potentially. So actually you do need to tailor services. But what is important is that the way that data is collected and shared between local authorities is, you know, enabled between different, different systems. Councils must operate with a business mindset, just about profit as the driver. Instead, it's citizen welfare as the focus. John believes that by and large, people have grasped the world of digital tools and that many local authorities have adjusted to support citizens using them. But there's more that can be done. Key to improving service delivery, connecting rural areas, sharing of best practices and so on is data. If not in the physical exchange as such, then at least in the learnings that data presents each authority. Lessons that can be shared and used to enable people to live their best lives. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Do visit www.hso.com forward slash dynamics matters for more podcasts. And until next time, take care of yourselves. <laughs>